Hello and welcome to episode 7 of series 3 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from The Big Picture People. Welcome to the show. This is our 70th episode. I was counting up earlier how many episodes we put out since we started in June 2020, and this is number 70. So uh, it seems like an eternity, uh, but it's been a fantastic experience putting out the podcast and making the podcast. I'm really enjoying it still, and I hope you're finding our episodes useful and informative. Just to let you know what we've got coming up in the next couple of episodes, on the 26th of April, we have an episode with Amanda Mogan-Wilson, who's from the Martin James Network. And Amanda is going to be telling us all about how do we connect our employees to the big picture. Now, we're doing a webinar on a very similar topic coming up in uh, April. I'll uh, explain a little bit more about that later or, or in, in a moment. Um, but that is our podcast going out on the 26th of April. And then on the 10th of May, we have a, uh, it's a, re a recording we did actually originally as a LinkedIn live event. Um, but it's a really interesting conversation that I had with Carolyn Hobdy and Dave Algio. And we were talking about the challenges that organizations face when looking at issues like menopause and midlife. We had a really interesting conversation which uh, really was looking at what are the roles that internal communicators, employee engagers, and also training and development uh, people within organizations have in helping organizations to have conversations about difficult topics like menopause and, and midlife issues that all employees and will face at some point in their life and the organizations need to be attuned to. So that's coming up on the 10th of May uh, and that's the, uh, the uh, first episode where we've actually had two guests on at the same time. I, oh, actually, I I, uh, I think I could be incorrect. I think we've done it once before. But anyway, as I said, it was originally a LinkedIn live event, but uh, with two guests, in, including me as a host as well. So um, I did mention there that uh, the next episode is all about employees understanding the big picture. We have a webinar, ironically, the same week. It's just a coincidence. The same week as that, which is the 28th of April, 2022. Um, that is a webinar called Helping Employees Understand Your Organization's Big Picture. And the whole premise behind that is that leaders, many leaders we come across in organizations do find it difficult to explain the organization's mission, vision, and values to employees. And it's often because they're a bit too close to it and it's too complicated to articulate. And it's not really what they're particularly great at um, that, you know, our leaders have many talents, but but under, helping our colleagues understand the bigger picture sometimes isn't in their skill set. So we're going to be looking at some of the challenges that internal communicators and organizations face when doing this. And we're going to share a few techniques with you that can help to help your employees to understand the big picture. If you're interested in that, you can sign up for that our web, at our website, which is uh, at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk so that's thebigpicturepeople.co.uk and if you go to our events tab which you'll find on the menu the first event listed there is the 28th of April 2022 it's a free webinar I should have said that at the beginning it's totally free it's at uh, 3 o'clock GMT 3pm in the afternoon GMT so just bear that in mind uh, we, we run it in the afternoon just so our our friends uh, around the world or it makes it more accessible for people around the world in different time zones so it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon 28th of April 2022. So I think that's enough of me so we'll move on to this episode's interview. 
Many internal communication teams have seen their status rise dramatically during the pandemic. I think all IC people would recognise that the value of internal communications and employee engagement has really been critical in order to helping employees to cope with the challenges of the pandemic in order to support their well-being and also just to recognise that coordinating a workforce that is dispersed and working virtually is far more challenging than a workforce that is working in a more conventional way. Um, so what I wanted to do was just to explore, again, not looking to just look at purely at the pandemic, but look at how internal communications teams have been growing, how their their roles have been changing, how the challenges of growing any team, regardless of whether it's internal communications or, or another function within an organization, and, and how you can grow and build a team effectively. And what are some of the things that you need to be really mindful of when you're growing an internal communications team? Now, in particular, when you're working in a global organization with thousands of employees, that's even more challenging, where you've got multiple channels, multiple audiences, multiple requirements uh, in your in your stakeholders. It's very, very difficult and very challenging to do that. And then added, added on top of that, trying to do that during a pandemic. So I thought that was a really interesting area to explore because, as I say, many teams are going through a growth period. They're having investment that they may have lacked over previous years, and and it's great to see them growing but 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 doing that brings with it challenges it brings with it opportunities as well so my guest in today's interview is going to be sharing with us some of her experiences of of grow of working within a team that's growing and joining a team that, that that's grown considerably how that has been uh, affected and how it has been also uh, how the pandemic has affected that but also how the pandemic has also given opportunities for for new ways of working and obviously looking into the future how that that new team will be operating i think is uh, is is something that will be interest to everyone not only that but i think the 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 guest today's guest uh, the organization that she works for is a fascinating organization in terms of its scale but also how it embodies its purpose as well so that's another thing that we uh, we will be exploring in the interview in this episode so i hope you find it interesting as ever any comments or thoughts or any anything that you'd like to uh, get us to cover to cover in the future that's related to this just let us know and we can uh, we can build on that but anyway here's today's interview my guest today is tasneem sharpuala tasneem is internal audiences and channel manager at mott mcdonald Prior to taking up her role in 2019, Tasneem has worked in a number of IC roles, including Surrey County Council, the NHS and Kingston University. Tasneem has an internal communications diploma from the Chartered Institute of Public Relations and is based upon King, based in Kingston-upon-Thames. That's one of the things I was going to ask you at the beginning of the interview. We've covered it already. What is the weather like down in Kingston-upon-Thames today for you, Tasneem, as it is very, very windy where we are at the moment? It is. It is overcast here as well, and yeah, not exciting. We have a hurricane all. on it. <laughs> hurricane is on its way. Uh, it so, is. So, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, Mott McDonald's, um, uh, or Mott McDonald, I should say. Uh, uh, many people will probably be familiar with Mott McDonald, but um, some people won't. So, tell us, tell us a little bit, please, about Mott McDonald. What, what, what does the organisation do, and uh, how many people work there? All the sort of usual questions about the business. Sure. Um, so we're a global engineering management and development consultancy. Um, we have about uh, 17,000 employees and we're active in about 150 countries. Wow. So we deliver projects in Africa, Asia Pacific, and Australasia, Europe, 
the Middle East, North and South America, and South Asia. Wow, it's huge. Yeah. I remember working uh, when many years ago, and then I worked in the construction industry with uh, Moss, and it's certainly grown massively since then, which is a huge success story. Um, you're based in the UK. What What is your responsibility? What What, are you, what is the? I know you, your audience is and channels manager, mm-hmm. but what's your remit within that kind of global business? So, so, so it's a global business, and I oh. am part of the global internal engagement and communications team. Yeah. So okay. we we look at comms from a group-wide perspective. So a lot of what I do has to be relevant to our group-wide audience. And because we're such a large organization, we also have comms teams that are regional in nature. So yeah. our business is divided into regions. Um, um, some of them are based on geographical areas. So for instance, our North America business or our uh, Middle East, India, Nepal, Bangladesh business, or Australia, Indonesia, you know, that kind of stuff. And each of these areas has a regional communications manager. Okay. So, so, so we have a group-wide team that kind of works on group-wide projects. And then we liaise really closely with our regional comms teams because they are really the regional experts. Yeah. You know, so and- we, we rely on them quite heavily to help us in dis- disseminating messages and engaging our colleagues and, you know, getting that whole... Uh, thing alive for people yeah definitely brilliant and and just to sort of uh, obviously you're in engineering and construction that's you're working in that sector what what sort of typical and uh, no, not not typical obviously when you've got so many employees but but what's a sort of breakdown in terms of uh technical support staff uh, any, any ideas on the kind of percentage of people who you're communicating to in terms of numbers and and uh, kind of you know, it's a great question, but I don't have the answer at the top <laughs> of fine. my head. Sorry. No, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, it, it was a bit of a curveball question, but but no, I think I think it, it, it's and, and I guess you you know I guess, guess there is quite a lot of people who are working out in the field on projects. Is it is that fair to say? Yeah, you've got a kind of split of people who are working in sort of well in the old world anyway, working in a kind of head office environment than those working out. I think uh, well, when we say the field, I think there would be colleagues working with clients perhaps yeah. at client sites but yeah. yeah i don't really know the exact okay. breakdown no that's fine, that's fine. Able to tell no 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 that's fine no no problem so in terms of um how how many people have you got in your internal comms team i know you said you've got kind of devolved responsibilities in the in the kind of different geographies but but in your sort of central team or or, or in the local field units yes. or so unit, my, business units my current team we are currently 14 um, yeah. We're one short, okay, um, and then we will be at full strength at fifteen. Okay. okay, so so it's a team. Just to elaborate a bit more, to give give you a little more context on how we yeah. operate. Yeah. Um. So our team is made up of business partners, uh, and so so the so the my my colleagues who are business partners will partner with certain sections of the business to get the news out. To our colleagues, you know, so there could be more operational news. So we have business partners, for instance, for our digital streams, HR, you know, always the hugest partners because there's stuff happening. The new IT systems being rolled out or processes being rolled out that colleagues need to know of. HR, similar, you know, it's it's also not just HR systems and processes, but well-being, EDI, CSR. So a lot of different streams there as well. Yeah. And then we're very big on excellence. So we yeah. have a dedicated business partner for um, account leadership and excellence. Okay. 
And when you say excellence, so what 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 is that? That is that is that business excellence technical or technical excellence? Yes, technical excellence. Okay, yes, okay. absolutely. Okay, fantastic. Uh, so that's one part of our team. There are some of us then who work in audiences, channels, and content. Yeah. And so our focus is quite a bit on that, and we also have a superstar in our team who's our graphics um, designer. Okay. You know, oh, and yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she she really brings some of the work we do to life in yeah. such a brilliant way. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, vis- visualization is yeah. And, and and presentation is really important, isn't it? Definitely. Um. Okay. That's that's really good. So when when you you joined, so you've been there since 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess just before uh, was it what, sort of the beginning of 2019 or towards the back end of 2019? October 2019. So it was okay. just just before. The, yeah, yeah, just before. <laughs> got turned you know, on its head. Yeah. <laughs> so so how many people were in the team when because you, you said you're up to 14 now and you, yeah so i think i think roughly half the number if okay. i'm not too far off the mark yeah okay so you've grown that team quite considerably then over that sort of pandemic period as well so and i guess that's brought with it some interesting uh opportunities and and uh new ways of doing things i guess yeah i know and it's an abs i mean this is a shout out to my team but it's an absolutely yeah. brilliant team to work with yeah you know yeah. it's collaborative collaborative working and each one brings their own strengths to it which is just you know fantastic yeah and you you said you your 15 is the is the current target anyway you mm-hmm. said you got one i think you said you're looking to recruit for one one place mm-hmm. at the moment and 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 is that uh, that is designed or uh, that 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 number of people is designed around obviously being able to fulfill all of those different requirements that you've yes. been talking about yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely okay fantastic so um so over the two years then i guess you know kind of looking over and it's difficult i guess to separate out business as usual with the pandemic because you you the majority of your your career within within mots has been um has been within within the kind of pandemic but i guess what what, what are what are some of the things you've your team have been responsible for over that that two-year period i guess some of that is is part of the organic growth that you're going through as a team anyway but some of that yeah. i guess is some things you've had to do just because it's you were operating in a pandemic and then all of the unusual situation that that's arisen what, what what have you been really focusing on over the last two years so so i think I think in a nutshell, it would be helping people make the transition from office to remote and now hybrid. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, so that literally covers the whole life cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty much sums up in one in one sentence. And and what sort of so what does that entail then? What in terms from a comms perspective, what sort of things have you so been, so been, you know it's so when when we moved, obviously the you know luckily the IT teams were so brilliant, we were set up to quickly move to a teams environment um, completely and carry on our work. So it was very seamless. But mm-hmm. obviously, you know, to be able to communicate that to colleagues on how to make the best use of the new platform. Mm. And and I think, you know, from office to remote in terms of well-being also had its own challenges so that yeah. we made sure that we were supporting people in those uh, different scenarios. Yeah. And what, and what, what, just, sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No. No, go, no, no, no. Carry on, carry on. Sorry, I interrupted you. Carry on. Uh, no, it was just literally making sure that, you know, we had the right kind of messages going out. And like I said, because I'm in a group function, mm. we could lay out the group kind of, you know, priorities and how things would work in this new environment but then the regions had to kind of translate it for their own regions because you know culturally it would be very different for people in different areas of the world mm, so yeah. even though we all had to go into remote working what that even what that would even translate down to a country level would have been different for different countries 
Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was just, you know, making sure that we were putting out the right messages so the regional teams could pick those up and run with them. And yeah, just the whole, um, just that whole area. That whole range of things. Yeah. And and, and in terms of, you, you know, kind of, I guess, um, you know, you're, you're not going to be going back to any, any way where, what things were like in, in 2019, you know, you're going to embrace a lot of these changes, I'm guessing. Mm -hmm. What are your, what are your thoughts for, I know we were talking just before the interview about where we're at in terms of coming out of the pandemic and obviously mm -hmm. it's not over and it won't be over for the foreseeable future, but what, what are you, what are your thoughts in terms of what, what roles and responsibilities your team are going to be supporting going into a kind of post pandemic world? So actually, even then, even during the pandemic, pandemic we did continue telling stories about the projects our colleagues were working on mm. because you know we're a business that believes in improving people's lives mm. and we were continuing that work through the pandemic supporting clients to continue with work where it was possible mm. in different ways so it was just bringing those kind of stories to life because it is just so heartening to read about that where a colleague has gone over and above to support a client and what that means for that client and for the communities that they support. Right. So, so we, we continued with all those stories even during the pandemic. And that kind of like, it it ties in a big way to the purpose of Motmac Tunnel. Yeah. And, and, and as an IC team, you know, we have our own strategy that kind of supports the purpose of the business. Okay. So for well, us, it's kind of a clear path on, you know, how we... Keep, keep, keep linking it to the yeah. why and making sure that people yeah. understand the why yeah that's thing that's really really important particularly in in really disruptive times where it's very easy i think to take your eye off the ball i mean mm. and, and, and what is the what is mots purpose? you've mentioned there there's a kind of a, a societal a kind of global yeah. so our, our purpose yeah. is to improve society by considering social outcomes in all we do right. relentlessly focusing on excellence and digital innovation transforming our clients businesses our communities and employee opportunities okay so it's it's i love it you know yeah. i think it's a fabulous yeah. purpose that lays out exactly what we do and how we do it and what our focus areas are yeah and like yeah. i said the bottom line is improving people's lives yeah I guess it would be well, not easy, but but very tempting for a for a company that's that's you know got a very strong engineering culture to to think about we build things, whereas you, what you're talking about there is is how you positively affect the world, which I think is far more compelling and interesting, isn't it? Absolutely, and we kind of you know we we we, we uh, walk the talk as well. So this year we're proud to have been certified as carbon neutral for second year running. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so this and this supports our efforts to become a net zero carbon business by 2040. So whilst we want to support our clients to on this journey, you know, we are on the same journey as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. You're kind of walk, walking the talk. And, Absolutely. And, and, yeah. And in terms of, because um, you mentioned there about sharing you know, kind of client case studies about about how you are delivering that purpose. Mm -hmm. What what are the what are the things? I guess that's a really core part of it. What what other things do you do to ensure that that purpose is always really crystal clear in people's minds, and we always keep that sort of front and center? So when so so the way we share our stories, you know, on our internet or maybe on our um, external platforms, uh, we make sure that make sure that the work we do is linked to our purpose. So either there is a there's an element of uh, how we've served the community, yeah, or how we've used a digital tool or innovation to make sure that we've delivered it um, effectively. You know, yeah. because there are, because ways of working have evolved. So using digital tools makes it more 
cost effective time yeah. effective yeah so you know constantly challenging ourselves to improve so that we can just have better outcomes for clients and communities yeah now that's that's really nice and do you find sometimes i guess it's and i guess you know i've worked i've worked within and with client with organizations that are very purpose driven and sometimes you know we we're working on a project and we know why we're doing it but we so it's sometimes the connection with the purpose did you sometimes find yourself having to not retrofit but but kind of make clear the purpose that maybe wasn't as clear at the at the project stage or is that kind of baked into the way that you kind of uh, i guess this is you know not realistically within your scope of work but but it, yeah. you know the kind of at the beginning of the contract it's kind of really clear what that purpose is how it connects to the purpose i should say to be fair, because I don't work in that area, like you said, I wouldn't know how that works. No. But I think the purpose is so well embedded yeah. and it comes right from the top. It comes yeah. from our you know, executive chairman, Mike yeah. Haig. Yeah. And every time that we, and he, whenever he's talking to colleagues about certain things, he's also linking it back to the purpose. Yeah. Yeah, and when we really tell our stories, you know, the template that we share with colleagues to fill in to let us know about their projects, they have to tick off the elements of the purpose that the sto- the project is going to be addressing. Yeah, that's so, really good. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of really embedded. Yeah, now that's that's really powerful, and 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 that's really. Uh, sophisticated because i again i we we, we often sort of uh, not have to educate our clients that sounds that sounds too pompous but but uh, when we're working with them we have to kind of make it really clear that you know it's like with, with whether it's purpose or values you really need to help people to be able to articulate what good mm-hmm. looks like and be able to share examples of when they've seen that done really well and not just you refer to some abstract words on the wall that, that yeah. you know make you feel warm and fuzzy but you don't really know how it affects your your day-to-day work yeah. so that's really good that you've kind of really you know, and I can honestly say that mm. we actually live and breathe the purpose you know it's yeah. not like you said just written somewhere mm. and filed away yeah you know it's, yeah. it's a very living thing for us yeah I just want to go back to I just just want to go back to what we were talking about before we talk talking about which would be really 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 interesting which is around you know the fact that when you joined a business uh, sorry when you when you joined I think you said the team was about half what it is now and it's grown to the doubled almost through, throughout the, the sort of uh, throughout the last year two years during the pandemic I mean what what are, what are, how have you been able to onboard people uh, during that period and 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 what are some of the, the lessons that you you've you've personally sort of seen or taken from that that period of, of growth during you know would which would be challenging even in an in, even in yeah, a normal situation i guess absolutely do you know it's interesting you ask that question we actually had our new the new head of our team uh, join us in march right okay <laughs> so he came on you know at, at the time when we were all remote and and um, yeah i mean he he's brilliant and i think what we did with the outgoing so so the outgoing head of comms is still part of our team in a different, slightly different role, but she set up a really good system, the buddy system. Yeah. So when we entered the pandemic, she made sure that we were constantly talking to each other, at least one-on-one, if not yeah. in big team meetings. And we were always there to support each other. And, and like I said, I think we're just extremely lucky to have the people that we have in our team because everyone's just really supportive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'm not just saying this because it's got to be said, but that's no, literally no, no. how, you know, that's literally how we work. And I think that's how it's happened even with the newer members of our team joining. Yeah. We're all there to kind of talk them through their initial steps. And what has happened is that 
in the recent times, we've had more junior members of our team joining. So, you know, the in, the leadership team's already there. We're kind of well set. We know what we're doing. So it makes it that much easier for us to help our young, younger members of our team. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and it's like, and it's not that um, we are siloed in how we work. So if someone in the, and, and we kind of discuss our work with the whole team. If, yeah. some, if one of us is struggling with something, we'll bring it to the team to ask for ideas. It's not like, oh, how can I say I don't know how to do this or I'm stuck. Yeah, That's never an issue. Yeah. We can always bring things to the team. And and um, and what happens is then if, if someone else is interested in doing something that you're doing, they're more than welcome to take part in it. It's not like it's not your role, so you can't. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it's a very collaborative way of working. We're so all sounds- just super supportive. It sounds like there's been a lot of connection and transparency and, and a lot of, you know, kind of communicating within your team. You know, not, yes. not obviously, I think sometimes it's uh, it can be the case that communication teams, um, you know, don't always embody what they, they're meant to be doing. They don't always communicate well <laughs> within themselves. But it sounds like that's been a really key part of being able to grow that team and particularly to onboard people, particularly. Absolutely. Less and colleagues. since our new head of comms has joined, he's introduced week. We used to have biweekly meetings, but he's introduced yeah. weekly ones. And we kind of differentiate them, them as strategic and creative. So he leads the meetings every other week. And every other week, it's a team member who's supposed to do it. Yeah. And that's the creative one. So we dedicate about 15 or 20 minutes of the creative team meeting to do a creative task. Yeah. So it's that's like, you nice. know, you you just do something completely different from your day to day. Yeah. You know, and it could be anything. It could be an exercise to learn a little more about your colleagues or, you know, just fun stuff. Yeah. And and I guess all of those meetings have been virtual. Uh, is that is that correct? Uh, most of them have. But then, you know, when we could go back into the offices uh, yeah. before the December lockdown, we were all going in once or twice a week. And and since the restrictions have lifted now, um, I literally went in yesterday again out of my first day back in the <laughs> office. So it was fabulous. Yeah, just to meet my team members in person. It's just an energy. It's, it's such an energy. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I think I think we we you know I think there's a there's a there seems to be a bit of a, a, a dichotomy at the moment in terms of some people who are thinking who are saying you know uh, I'm quite happy to work from home mm. and you know I don't really want to go back to the office and I think there are a lot of people who are saying it's just such a different dynamic when we're together you know and I think I don't think we'll ever be in a situation where we're permanently in the office again maybe maybe in some situations so. obviously in some sectors that's been, always been the case but but uh, or you know I'm using office as a generic term for workplace mm. there but but i think a, a case of um i do think if we use that time well when we're together and recognize that we won't be able to do that all the time then i think we have a really great opportunity to to maximize that time yeah actually i joke this is my personal experience that you know initially when i like yesterday when i went in i literally did no work as yeah. in work work in inverted yeah. commas <laughs> i was literally just meeting people and talking to them because there's so much that you can benefit from doing that which you know of course you can do it on teams but just being stood there face to face with someone is just you know brilliant and i think that that, you know i think organizations often don't value that as as actually you know you said it wasn't work well i I would argue it is work it's just (laughs) it's it's the social aspect of work and relationship aspect of work which is so important isn't it Um, actually moths does put a great value on that and they do believe that uh, you know um, and that's why I love it, right? Because they have said it's hybrid. You know, you work in ways that work best for you, 
but they also give you the pros and cons of each. They, they, they encourage you to come back into the office for some time because it's the whole thing. I know some people poop at and say you, you can learn, you know, even remotely, but I think it benefits the younger members of the team. Yeah. And yeah. I, I personally benefit from it as well to meet my peers, you know, out of the comms teams and other teams. So yeah. I think it's a win-win if you can get that balance right for yourself. De- and definitely. your organization supports it. So why not? Yeah, definitely. I think that I think the I agree with you totally. And I think the challenge is is how you know we I think everybody we've, we we're all emphasizing personal choice and working the way we want to work. But then I think we need to recognize that there needs to be then some some uh, compromises need to be made because I well I want to work on a Friday. Well, I don't want to work on a Friday. Mm. But actually, there you know we we do recognize that overlapping and, and finding some compromise there might be the case that that we have to you know like in any work situation we have to find some middle ground and it's not just a case of being entirely free to do what we want to do. I mean that that's <laughs> that's uh, I don't think I mean I think I think that's what even the most the strongest advocates are are, are, are saying. But um, no, that's interesting and. I mean, in terms of, you know, you've seen that, you've seen that growth and you, I know you've worked in, um, relatively big teams. You've worked in teams. I know when we were talking previously, you said you worked in teams as small as four, you've worked in teams mm-hmm. as big as 20, more, more than 20 in terms of IC teams. Yeah. What, what would be for someone who's maybe listening to this, who's in a, in a, a, a comms team that is, is maybe growing, it's getting the investment it deserves because of people have recognized the, the added value of internal communications, uh, and they're looking to grow a team. I mean, what, what, what would some of the things that you, you found work really well during that? And I know it's, again, we've talked about the, the kind of pandemic related things mm-hmm. but but what are some of the kind of things that regardless of whether it's in a pandemic or outside of a pandemic that you think are really important in terms of building a a, a team that that's competent capable and and really kind of doing great work um you know in my personal experience it's getting the right skill mix yeah um i i personally in my role and i've always valued um measurement you know analytics numbers mm. outcomes and I am not the most um, sensible person with Excel, to be honest. I hate it. <laughs> so I have always valued having a member in my team who loves Excel yeah, and can yeah. do that number crunching for me. Yeah. Uh, because I love to use the data, but I don't know how to get to it because of my lack of knowledge of yeah. Excel. So yeah. currently in my team, uh, we have someone who loves it. And who who's going to help uh, my team build the Power BI dashboard? You know, it, so we are going to build our internal comms metrics on the dashboard, right? So we can okay. then use it to inform the team, to talk to stakeholders, to maybe report to the board. You know, um, yeah. Use it in all sorts of different ways because then we know how effective we're being, whether our IC strategy is delivering the purpose. You know, and all of that, all of that lovely stuff that you 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 need to keep on. Um, you know, growing your work and making it more effective, and you know, yeah. you need to keep reassessing. So this this is one of the great ways of doing it. Yeah. So and making sure making sure you got a diverse team in terms of you know skills and, and and again, you know, a graphics person, someone who can visually bring your ideas to life. It's mm. so strong. Yeah. Because yeah. some people like visual, some people like text. So of course, you need strong storytellers as well. Yeah, and yeah. people who can build relationships because internal comms is so much about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about some really, you know, I think you're talking about some, some, some skills, some capability and competencies are mm. some really, really important aspects. And we've, we've talked on the show in the past around, you know, the importance of gaining a trusted advisor status, particularly in internal comms, not just being a, a pair of hands, but being someone yeah. who senior managers can go to and consult with and get, get kind of expert advice from i think that's really important absolutely Uh, and having that seat at the table at the start is what i've always said you know yeah yeah. it's just so important because it's not about someone coming and telling you i want a newsletter it's someone coming and telling you this is my project how do you how do you advise we best go about it you know it's that difference and when they recognize that that really changes the game yeah, or if they do come to you with asking for a newsletter for you ask for to ask them, well, why, what's the why? Why do you need a newsletter? What's exactly. the purpose? What What are you What are you wanting to exactly. you know, try and get people to think, feel, and do differently, and getting them to ask those questions? Where yeah. oh, I've never really thought about that. Actually, I don't think I do need a newsletter. <laughs> exactly, I mean, which is where you know you yeah you 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 know you're not. It's not that you're being obstructive or difficult it's just that you're you're actually getting them to get the outcome but just in a slightly different way which is Uh, it's it's where you add the value you know and you you introduce them to things that they didn't even know possible yeah absolutely absolutely you get them the outcomes that they were after yeah and the outcome is really not a newsletter the outcome is the engagement and the understanding (laughs) that they're seeking you know exactly (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, yeah i'm I'm reading a really interesting book at the moment which is called the art of gatherings which is uh which is which is a really good book actually i'd recommend it to you i've I've forgotten the author's name off the top of my head we'll put the link in the show notes but um but it's all about uh, you know the the very similar to what we've just been talking about there, which is you know getting human beings together to to do whatever it is, whether it's a meeting or a, or a, or a project or a, a conference, is a really important thing to do. And um, we often just go through, you know, we, well, we need to have a weekly catch up or we need to have a town hall, uh, and that that's that's the kind of category of meeting, but it doesn't mm. really explain what the purpose of that is. And if you mm. start looking at those things, we'll actually okay, we need a town hall. What, what, what are we getting people together and why? It, it, it's a very different dynamic Absolutely. and a different set of outcomes that you or different process that you're going to go through than just, you know, it's town hall. Well, we always do town halls like this. You know, we always have a presenter and slides and everybody sits cabaret style and, you know, we give them lots of coffee and that's the way we always do these things. So, yeah, I think it, it, it's uh, really important to be able to challenge the why and, and, get, and get the outcome, uh, be really outcome driven. So we've covered some really interesting areas. I mean, I've learned a lot more about MOTS that I didn't know, and 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 you've you've explained the purpose to us. And we've also had a really uh, you, you've shared some really interesting you know the journey that you've been on both you know, pre COVID and then how you see that panning out. But also, I think you know for me a real key message coming out of this is is being purpose driven and really being that champion and the, and i'm not saying you know that that you it sounds like everyone in your organization is very kind of focused on the purpose but as, as an internal comms team you're always helping them to tell the stories that really really capture that purpose and i think that's really important and then we've also just talked there about building a, a team or, or having a team and growing a team within within an ic function and how important it is to have that range of skills any any final uh, tips to anyone who's listening to this who's maybe got a team that's not as um mature not as well developed as the as your team who's looking to grow that team any you know looking back from where you were if you could give yourself that advice earlier in your career what what might anything else that we've not covered that you would you'd recommend to that to that uh, that person do you know um external benchmarking 
yeah. and and trying to learn from others. Yeah. Um, take the opportunity to attend industry events. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's so important. Yeah. Very because sometimes important. you're in your own bubble and you think I'm not doing well enough or my organization isn't, you know, but when you listen to other people, you realize they're on the same journey yeah. and you actually might be doing some things better than others that you can share and yeah. learn other stuff from others that they're doing better than you. And, you know, yeah. you're not reinventing the wheel. Definitely. So, definitely. Yeah, I think, I think that that's key for me now. Looking outside, look, bringing the outside in is really important. I think I can't. I'll, I'll paraphrase him really badly because I can't remember <laughs> the exact quote. But I think Gary Hamill said that ninety percent of of what what uh, it, what needs to be known to make a business better lies outside that that business uh, lies outside that. In some cases, lies outside that industry. It's not even yeah. you know benchmarking similar businesses. It's actually sometimes benchmarking businesses that are either are very good at doing something that we want to do, but not necessarily Absolutely. in our sector as well. I think you can Absolutely. learn a lot from that. And even just look at marketing or look at, you know, uh, um, companies outside. Like for us, it's engineering. I look at other companies, like look at how Google is doing something. Yeah. You know, completely different. Yeah. Uh, there's still so much to learn from every single one of them. Definitely, definitely. And if we open your mind, if you, if you can get people to open their minds to, okay, it's a different market, it's a different customer, it's a different experience, but there's something in there that maybe we can uh, we can use. I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. And I think, and recently there have been so many, you know, internal comms has developed quite a bit since when I started out in it. And now you you have so many people who are talking about so many different things you actually have experts in the field who've done it before you you know always good to yeah. learn listen listen you know yeah. yeah yeah fantastic well look that's been absolutely brilliant tasneem thank you so much um if anyone would like to reach out to you i'll, I'll put i'll put your linkedin profile uh, into the show notes if that's okay if anyone wants yeah, to yeah, just absolutely out, fine. you know and if maybe benchmark with you perhaps and uh Oh, I'd love it. I'm so nosy. I want to see what other people's intranets look like and what they're doing in their business. Trust me, I love to learn. (laughs) I would love it if someone told me that I could go in and spend some time with them and I'd, I'd invite them over too. Well, let's see if we can get you some uh, some, some inter- interested interest in doing that. Then that'd be really nice, and uh, you can let me know if anyone does get in touch with you. So, I would. Uh, yeah, that's fantastic. Well, look, it's been absolutely brilliant. I'm I'm relieved to say, even though the trees outside are almost bending over, my roof of my office is still intact. It's not blown <laughs> off yet. So, uh, I hope uh, I hope that you, you, when this storm maybe works its way down to you, it's not as uh, although the sky is very blue at the moment, it's cleared up, but it's very windy. But look, I hope you have a good week. I hope you have a good uh, rest of 2022, Tasneem. Thank you so much for sharing your your wisdom, your insights, and and your your experience. And I'm sure our listeners will find that really helpful and uh, we'll hopefully speak to you soon it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much thank you we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the engaging internal comms podcast if you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com if you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform please do so and if you could leave a review for us that would be absolutely fantastic 
We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you. Thank you.